African Dialogue, looking at different events in depth, discussing a variety of issues. What we see here is a clear violation of one, the right to privacy of Tiwonge and uh, Stephen. The position of Greenpeace is that it's been a disappointing meeting. Well, you are listening to Channel Africa, the African Perspective. Thank you for joining me, Benjamin Mushatama, right here on the frequency 9625 kilohertz on the 31-meter band to Southern Africa. And remember, we're on DSTV as well on Channel 802 on the audio bouquet uh, there. Well, today we're going to be looking at an interesting story. We've been reading this um, view that's coming to a group of experts from the UCT Graduate School of Business and uh, conversations around industry leaders state that uh, while uh, many companies have women in junior and middle management uh, roles, these individuals are not put forward for promotions as they're deemed not to be ready. And what does that particular uh, notion mean, that they're not ready? Sometimes we put women in that particular box saying they're not ready. Ready for what that men are ready for? That's the big question that we want to ask uh, today. And uh, we've seen uh, really in terms of uh, uh, the AU and the African Union, they've been talking about gender equity, and also we've seen it becoming a political agenda in contemporary Africa. But really, when it comes to the nitty gritties, is it something that's happening down on the ground? Well, helping us on this particular subject, we've got Vumile Msweli, who is a life and business coach, and also we've got Lula Manare, who is a commissioner from the South African Human Rights Commission, to help us on this uh, really important conversation that we're having today. Day. Well, let's start it off with you. Uh, go to our Twitter handle at Channel Africa One or at African Dialogue. We're asking the question: Is enough being done to ensure that women are in leadership roles in politics, business, and other parts of civil life? And uh, give us your thoughts there. At Channel Africa One or at African Dialogue. We want to hear your thoughts as we discuss it with our guest. Let me start with you, uh, Lulama, in terms of the conversation of women empowerment within business sector, within civil organizations, uh, within our society. Society as, as a whole, we've been having this discussion uh, on a very continuous basis, but it still seems like stereotypes continue within the business environment, within even a civil life, whereby we think women are really not ready for, uh, you know, this idea of women uh, empowerment and leadership, even in the political discussion we're having in South Africa. I know we're speaking about uh, the possibility of Dr. Kosazana Lamini Zuma being possibly put forward to be the next president. I've heard people saying, no, we're not ready for a female president as a country. Your thoughts around these gender questions that we keep asking around leadership when it comes to women? Thank you very much for inviting me. I'm from the Gender Commission. I think one of the things that make uh, this is a statement of women are readiness, uh, women are not available, women are not enough, I think they are basically, um, the, the basis is, is patriarchy really, that when we are growing up, this whole issue of roles that women have and, and men hold and have, 
the different roles that we grow up understanding women's roles are. And therefore, when we get to the workplace or to certain areas where women can lead, uh, we start with our societal and upbringing biases. We bring them up and we say, oh, are women ready? No, women have never been exposed to this. Just assuming the assumption is based on the mm. patriarchy, the whole notion that male have been trained from birth, their roles uh, from their upbringing have made them ready. And I think for me, that is a societal myth. And it's something that is bringed out of patriarchy. Well, it's it's very interesting that you speak about patriarchy. We'll come back to that particular environment and those notions that we live in a very patriarchal society. Vumile, your thoughts around why we keep on saying that uh, it's either the society's not ready for women leadership or we swap it around and say that women themselves are not ready for those leadership roles. I, I think it's more of a societal thing, to be honest with you. Because if you take a look, there is no evidence proving that women are not as capable as men. We're seeing great strides being made in countries like Germany, in Iceland, in Liberia, where women are, are, are held in the helm. And they're running those countries and doing very successfully as opposed to some of their male counterparts. We're seeing studies coming out that where a board of directors has a large amount of diversity of both men and women tend to do better than uh, a board of directors that actually just only has, has males. So I think it's completely subjective, and I think specifically in the African context, it is it is a historical societal norm that we're coming up against to change, as opposed as opposed to it actually being about women being ready. Well, you've worked in a couple of boards in business, uh, Vumile, and uh, you've been in the business environment yourself as a black woman in South Africa. And we know that big business in South Africa is dominated even not just by men themselves, but white men. And that is also another kind of block blockage where uh, there is a racialization as well of uh, black women in, in, in the society. Sometimes it's easier for a white woman to actually take on uh, fee, uh, uh, leadership positions, but sometimes you get the dynamic of even the racial tone around why women are not ready is linked to their blackness. I think that's something that's a very big challenge, especially with the legislation in our country. When we do see women being empowered, we claim that it's probably because of BE as opposed to their qualifications. And that, for me, is, is shocking and it's sad because the reality of, at that executive level, we need leaders that are diverse. We need leaders that represent the actual, the actual context from which they come, who have that global flair and awareness. And with everyone looking at Africa at the moment to be the next biggest growth spot in the world, we have to represent the masses. And the masses in our context, in Africa as well as specifically in South Africa, the majority of the economic growth is coming from the black sector. So I think more specifically women, because we've got more women than men, for that representation to not occur at a strategic level, for me, makes no sense. Yeah, well, it's, it's it's very interesting that you highlight the fact that even um, Africa is becoming a very much focal point when it comes to development, but women seem to be still put, be, uh, you know, in a very much uh, uh, lower roles in terms of uh, uh, when it comes to, to, to management structures. Lulama, what, what are your thoughts, especially when it comes to that racial element, when it comes to this form of uh, discrimination? I think with us as a general commission that we take into consideration because we also look that, uh, at it as, uh, in our framework, that we have a historical South African 
colonialization of a special type analysis where predominantly it was that you are, your race will put you more dominant in society, dominant values would have been for whites. And I think with 94 and democracy, the dawn of democracy, then you have seen that we are working as a country for 23 years. I think we still have those permeations that are racial, that we're still working at it, at a notion of a rainbow nation. But I think employment equity in South Africa made sure that the framework and the land that is used for women to give women opportunities, to give black women opportunities, give the race issue an address. And I think many of our employment policies have been, you know, specially targeting to address, you know, the gaps of the past, especially in South Africa. But if we go broadly in the African continent, you also have what we call the African Charter, where it does talk about women empowerment and the whole responsibility that each country in our continent has a responsibility to look at the uh, the plight of women, the opportunities that it gives to women, and give it a special focus. Mm, well, I'm going to take a quick break, and we're going to continue uh, these uh, conversations, especially uh, looking at uh, also the fact that women don't only play a uh, real uh, kind of uh, only one-dimensional roles within societies, that they can be businesswomen, but at home they actually play roles of, they can be single mothers, and at times they can be breadwinners and primary caregivers. Uh, uh, also, they kind of, in these days, you're seeing uh, women also within the profe- their profession juggling various uh, uh, careers. So that's also another dynamic to look at uh, when we come back. Hey, interact with us on our Twitter handle uh, at African Dialogue or at Channel Africa. We're asking this question, is it enough uh, to just talk about it or is there enough also being done to ensure that women are in leadership roles in politics, business and other parts of civil life? At Channel Africa, one is our Twitter handle or at uh, African Dialogue. We want to hear from you. Let's take a quick break. We'll be back. This ABC is calling on all South Africans to play their part and to support relief efforts for the people affected by the Western Cape storms and wildfires. You can support by providing non-perishables and other much-needed resources. Please donate across all SABC offices nationally, the gift of the givers, and other NGOs who are working with first responders on the ground. Let's come together, South Africa, as a country and as a people. And let's help where it's needed the most. Follow SABC platforms for more updates. This is an SABC Foundation supported initiative. We have great news for you. Channel Africa has gone mobile. If you have a cell phone, you can now download the mobile app for Android. You can get it on Google Play. Get the latest news from Africa. Get the Channel Africa app. Channel Africa, bringing you the African perspectives. Yes, you're listening to Channel Africa, giving you the African perspective. Thank you for joining me, Benjamin Mushata Marai, here on our program, African Dialogue. From Monday to Thursday, we bring in experts to look at uh, the big conversations on uh, the African uh, continent. Well, today we're having a continuous conversation that takes place on the African continent, which is African uh, uh, leadership and how do we actually make sure that women are central to leadership in various positions, whether it's business, whether it's politics, whether it's even civil society, where women 
women are also central of leadership conversations. And uh, today we've been joined by Lulama Nara, who is um, uh, a gender equality commissioner. And we also have Vumile Msweli, who is a life and business coach. Um, I want to move on to this idea of the patriarchal society that we, we, we live in, Vumile, because you, you, you and uh, uh, Lulame were highlighting that very much earlier on as we started the conversation. And for me, what's interesting is there is a pushback because of the roles that women are playing today in society. Women are not one-dimensional, and because of that fact, it, it pushes against the patriarchal society where we think women dominate in society. Women can juggle roles. Uh, women are in the workplace. Women are continue to actually be primary caregivers in their uh, communities. Women also juggle careers and uh, have more than one career in, in, in some instances. So you're seeing also the fact that the contemporary society offers women a space to actually push back against this patriarchal notion. I, I completely agree That's with that. Clear. I think it's, it's starting in our it's starting in our in our country in our country as well as our continent. I think it's not something that you need to Africa coming from a patriarchal society. Europeans are the same. There's a lot of number of other countries in the east as well as the west. But I think where the fundamental change has to come is that the reformation has to be beyond legislation. Sure. It has to be a societal acceptance and change. And I think we can take some lessons from the continent. We're seeing the likes of a, of, of a chief from a Maasai community, Teresa, who created a woman-only society, and she's done very, very well. And her her reign has seen more jobs increasing in Kenya, um, more more women being empowered, still engaging with men, but it's a female one. It's a female one um, society, which is used was used to be taboo, and she's doing very, very well. And I think the challenge is, is we tend to accept that, okay, it's patriarchal, and we're not pushing against it at a societal level. Mm. Lulama, your thoughts on, on that, on the fact that there are these various uh, uh, roles that women are playing right now, and that can actually, in itself, it's not necessarily a negative, but can be actually a form of a pushback saying, hey, we, we're not just uh, sitting back here. We also have uh, a way in when it comes to uh, what we have to offer and put on the table. It's true, and I think women for centuries have been doing this uh, pushback. And I will say to you, in our African continent, one of the things that as much as in South Africa we're dealing with race, you will find that there are multiple of layers in gender discrimination. One of them is the whole uh, notion that culturally women might not be allowed to get into different spaces. And another thing that it might uh, also hamper women is that there's also some religious connotation to where spaces where women can be. And I think one of those things that in our continent we need to address is the whole issue that even despite the fact that um, women have been doing this for centuries, we still need to let go and to integrate women into the cultural space, the cultural spaces to acknowledge that women are equal, the religious space, the sure. differences in their mirror. You have to take into consideration that women have been pushing back for centuries. Women even raise children on their own in different circumstances. And women uh, started their own businesses. And I, I will just put a caveat to it and say that you will even see where women push back and are allowed to push back. It will be along the traditional, you know, roles that women would have been playing in 
um, in a domestic situation. Mm, and, and, that domestic, and, and that domestic situation, how does it actually influence our stereotypes? Because sometimes we keep women within mm. those domestic roles, as, as, as you have alluded to, Lulama, and sometimes that is the burden of a lot of women who want to be defined beyond those domestic and cultural roles. Great. One of the things that we have noted is also that if you will have a mismatch in skills, you will, you will also uh, see women in, for, for example, teaching, uh, nursing, sure. you know, the nurturing uh, occupation. Yeah, yeah. Then when you come to science, engineering, technical, you see more male domination to that aspect. And I think for us, I think as South Africans, we are trying to tap into that, but it's something that needs to be addressed quite drastically, that we make sure that our women, as much as they are in the, your nurturing occupations, that they also have a, an equal amount of capability and ability to be lead, to lead in the engineering, accounting uh, spaces, um, manufacturing, engineering spaces, and technological spaces. Mm. You know, it's interesting that you where we we usually say yeah. where the skills are. Yeah, you know, it's interesting that you highlight that. You know, because I I even think that even within that space, there's still some things to scrutinize. And let me come back to you, Vumile, in, in terms of you know when you look at uh, you know what's happening within the inequalities that exist within the labor market, which is an area where when you look at countries such as South Africa, we rank 15th out of 144 countries on the World Economic Forum at the latest gender equality report, which uh, notes the huge inequalities which exist uh, when it comes to, uh, to gender e- equality within the workplace. But what's also interesting is also how women get remunerated within the workforce. The report continues to say that South African women work on average 48 minutes more per day than women do, and more than half of their work is still unpaid. I think that's a big, big challenge, and I think that's a phenomenon that's um, across the continent where women are not paid as much per rand or per dollar as their male counterparts. And I think another thing that has to be considered there is the actual support. Women have unique needs compared to men in that we bear children. What does the policy look like for that? How is that actually being implemented? Over and above that, what's the day-to-day of that? If I do choose to have a child and step away from corporate for four months, what's the impact on my career? Will the ramifications be worse off? And I think from a legislative perspective, perspective, South Africa's done very, very well. But from a day-to-day executive woman on the ground, the fear of being pulled away from corporate for her, mm. her, her feminine responsibilities is something sometimes that a woman doesn't want to do. And we're seeing that a lot of younger women are, are starting to think ahead in terms of that as to when I get married, when I have children, and they sacrifice their careers for that. So we need to create a culture where being a woman in power is not to your detriment that you can be both, that you can be successful in your career as well as go on to be a mother and, and, and a wife. 
without any any detriment to your career. Mm. Well, I mean, it's 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 easy to say we need to we need to do this, and I think most of the program will be speaking. We have been speaking about what needs to happen, but the big question now comes to a point to how how do we actually achieve that change of mind and understanding the roles that women play in not just the business space not only just in the domestic uh, areas of our lives but see these two worlds as a whole and not separate them the question is how again i i think we can take a lesson once again from the likes of the iceland march in 1975 where 90, 95% of the women in iceland did not up, up go to work they, they, they gave up their domestic duties in lieu of this, in wanting to, to get their equality, in wanting the culture to actually change and say to society, if you don't come to the party with regards to remuneration, if you don't come to the party with regards to seeing us as equal, then rather not have us as part of your society. And that fundamentally changed how that country viewed women. We then, we're now at a place where 20-odd um, years later, um, 44% of their women are in parliament. They're quickly reaching their 50% equality um, within their society in every sphere, both domestic as well as in parliament, in, in, the, in the realm of politics, as well as in corporate. So I think it's, it's a fundamental change that has to happen across and even beyond that it has to start at home. And I think we're going to start seeing as we see the generations coming up now, the millennials, their perception of, of equality is very different because they're growing mm. up in a society when my mother's a chartered accountant. Mm, and my father's mm, an engineer, mm. and that is the norm. My mother works, and so does my father. It's, um, it is, it, um, parenthood is, is seen as a, as a partnership versus a mother's sole responsibility. Mm. Lulama, your thoughts on the how question. How do we achieve this uh, uh, e- equality? I mean, it's something that we've been asking for ages and ages, especially in, uh, in, in South Africa, the last 20 years. It's been yeah. how do we create that e- equality? And it's something that it's still continuous in our conversations. The how is still something that we're struggling on. I think one of the things that I would say to you, for me, is a landmark is that South Africa acknowledged their past and therefore made sure that the Constitution, there is a, a clause that says there no gender discrimination, not according to sex, uh, gender, race, culture, and all those things. And I think for every time that we do our monitoring, especially for us as a Chapter 9, we are empowered to call uh, private sector, the private and the public sector, and to make them account for why is there no transformation in their, the tone will say uh, we are transforming, they will talk the political language, but if you use the legislature like the Employment Equity Act, it allows us to find a tool to see whether the organizations are really transforming or not. And what we have discovered is that people talk, but when they have to make that decision, to empower, to employ, to give that opportunity to a woman who is who is already ready, that you would find patriarchy comes in, people will start saying, but no, this woman is not ready. And I think for me, as much as it is a societal issue, when it comes to uh, uh, the employment or the economic, economic opportunities, really, there needs to be enforced, there's policing, there's monitoring, and there's fines that needs to be imposed. And for me, it is unfortunate because you are working towards an egalitarian society, but you still need to do the bean counting so that you can actually 
it's like you're forcing people towards an inequalitarian mm, society. Mm, mm. But unfortunately, I think what uh, South Africa um, envisaged even before was that you would need the stick at some point to take people to the egalitarian society. Well, that's the voice of Lula Manare, who's joining us uh, on the line. She is uh, Gender Equality Commissioner, and also we have Vumile um, Sweli, who is a life and business coach, uh, giving us their insights on uh, this issue of uh, why are we not seeing women in senior management roles. We'll continue the conversation, and one is uh, an area that we always shy away from, especially uh, especially maybe it's because it's something maybe some of us are guilty of. The idea of we love especially in corporate environments business environments wherever we're working whether it's politics or whatever sector to sexualize the role of women in even in their leadership and sometimes we would even say that this woman has been is at this point in her life she's climbed the ladder because of her her sexuality because she is a woman and she used her sexuality to get to that particular point i think this is a form of discrimination in itself but give us your thoughts at african dialogue at channel africa we are asking is enough being done to ensure that women in leadership robes in politics business and other civil parts of and other parts of civil life rather uh, is enough being done in in that regard to ensure that women are lifted in those leadership roles this is channel africa the voice of the uh, African perspective. We're giving you the African perspective. That's what we're all about. And if you're listening to us uh, uh, on the continent, we're on the frequency 9625 kilohertz on the 31 meter band to Southern Africa. And uh, also, if you're listening to us on DSTV, we're on channel 802 on the audio bouquet. Don't forget that you can uh, stream us live on www.channelafrica.co.za. Good news for listeners in America. You can now listen to Channel Africa by phoning 605-47-1711. So, if you're a Channel Africa listener in America, simply dial 605-47-1711. Channel Africa, giving you the African perspective. This is Channel Africa, South Africa's international radio station on shortwave, internet and satellite. Listen to Channel Africa in English, Kiswahili, French, Silozi, Portuguese and Chinyanja. Nam, kwenye line ya simu, hivi sasa, najiunga moja kwa moja. Farafina. Farafina. Terre du Soleil. Está na companhia do serviço em língua portuguesa do canal África, a voz de renascença africana que transmite a partir dos seus estudos centrais de Auckland Park, cidade de Johannesburg, África do Sul. Sochitika, mu África! Informing the world about Africa, Channel Africa, bringing you the African perspective. 
Well, you are listening to the African Perspective right here on Channel Africa. And uh, thank you for joining me, Benjamin Mushatam. I've got great guests on the line that are giving us their views on this uh, big issue we're talking about. And that's because the stats are not changing in terms of, of women in leadership positions. That's why we're looking at this particular story. Uh, that's why it's important to us. And if you're just joining us, we've got Vumilem Swain, who's a life and business coach on the line, and Lula Manare, who is a gender equality commissioner. Uh, Lulama, I want to come to that particular issue where, you know, it's something that's very serious, especially in a patriarchal society, where when we look at women in leadership, we immediately sexualize them. It's either we say that this woman is there because she actually used her body physically or she used sex or she's there because she's physically attractive or there's always this kind of uh, stereotype that is linked to women in, 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 in leadership positions. And uh, it's very common now and it's something that uh, seems to be something that actually follows the woman who's already in a CEO position for instance as much as it is common it is very rare okay it is it is not the norm sure and I think for many organizations that have come in front of the our monitoring body we have discovered that it would be that even the internal people in that organization will be pushing back if they identify the phenomenon happening in their environment. Mm. I'm not necessarily, you know, I'm not, okay, sure, so, 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 sure, sorry to cut you off there, Lulama, but I, I, I want to say, because I want to clarify what I mean personally. What I'm saying is that oh, okay. the stereotype, not necessarily that the event is happening, but we stereotype these oh. women in leadership positions in that manner. Well, anyone who stereotypes women in that manner must know that they are suffering from gender discrimination. And I think for me, one of the things that we cannot run away from is that women, as, as much as men, they have, they are sexual beings. And we should be treated as such. And if whatever the, however the woman looks, it is not what is in her brain, what is capable of, or what his ability, her abilities are. And therefore, for me, if we have people in workspaces or in our spaces who think, who necessarily think like that, then there is a problem. It's called gender discrimination. And it is motivated by the fact that a person has that sense of patriarchy mm. and thinking that the only thing about women is their bodies and how they look. Mm. Vumile, you, your thoughts there? I think I agree with Lulama with regards to typical gender discrimination because we never have the same discussion about a man. Yeah. We never say that a man has to sacrifice himself in an unhealthy manner in order to arrive at his said destination in whatever level he is at. And the thought that a woman, that's the only reason that she could have arrived is really, really unfair. Especially when you're seeing that women are qualified to do the role. And that goes back to the, the, the subconscious belief that perhaps men and women are not equal. That for a woman to have taken the role, that she must have done something that's against um, the, the, general, um, the general consensus as to our moral compass. Um, for me, that, that also speaks to when other women are hearing these corridor conversations happening of being advocates for each other and actually saying, no, said, said 
female executive, do you know that she's also done well in such and such an organization? Sure. Do you know all she's accomplished A, B, C, D? So from a granular level, uh, I feel women need to step up more in advocating for each other and actually uh, nipping that sort of discussion at the bud. So it mm. makes it uncomfortable for men to do the same thing. It's the, for me, it's a phenomenon when it's widely accepted that if a man rapes a woman, it's wrong. Um, mm. But when a man speaks ill of a woman or another woman speaks ill of a woman, then it's socially acceptable. Because if you do the same for, for the counterpart who's a male, um, no one will entertain that, that form of discussion. You know, you highlight something very important there, Vumil, is the fact that uh, women have to f- be for women. So you have to create some form of, of sisterhood in terms of within uh, these leadership circles. Is there enough of that, Vumile? I think from a social perspective, we see that happening quite a lot. Um, we grew up in societies where there was almost a sisterhood, um, especially across the continent, mm. where your mother, together with your aunts, together with her friends, are seen as advocates of each other, and having one of them in your presence is, is similar to having your mother in your presence. So we grew up, in, we tend to, especially in Africa, we tend to grow up in a society where there's a great deal of sisterhood. For some reason, when we walk into corporations and we walk into positions of power, those dynamic change, that dynamic changes, and that has to stop. I don't know whether we've adopted the, the culture, which is a little bit more Western, of uh, dog, eat, dog, eat, dog eat dog, each person for themselves, mm-hmm. as opposed to our core value of Ubuntu, of knowing that your success is my success, that that Africanism isn't permeating enough in corporate society. And I think it's important that as corporate and as society, we take the good from each other's cultures, but we also, we also dismantle and, and disregard that which does not work for our society. We see the culture, corporate culture, how um, in corporations in Asia, they take very much the dynamics that work well in, in Western corporate, but they, they dismantle it and say, no, this is how we choose to do business. Africa needs to own its space as to know this is how we do business. In our society, we value women. In our society, mm-hmm. we're raised by our mothers. Why, why should it not be the same in corporate? Mm. And also, we know that part of Ubuntu is about grooming uh, this type of um, humanity. And, and sometimes, even when you look at the business world, there's not enough grooming of women by other women. You know what I mean? In terms of another, a young woman would enter a business space and will have the same challenges that are maybe a more uh, experienced uh, professional, female professionals had before her. But there's no one really to stand next to that person and say, you know what, I've been through this. You can navigate it like this. I had the same struggles. You don't have to take that route because I took that route and this is what I went through. Maybe you can, you know, deal with this challenge that is very linked to you being a woman in this manner, uh, Lulam. I, I completely agree with that. Uh, but what we have found out is that we can't run away from our past. And I think one yeah, of the yeah. dimensions of our past is the whole issue of colonialism and the dominant culture. That um, there will be a culture of where you you doing yourself, you doing something for yourself. You can be what you want to be and go after what you want. And I think... Uh, the minority of women who get into or get these positions, the slimmer the number, the competition also is very rife uh, for uh, the same spots and women are, uh, you know, pitted against each other. And I think for me, if we, I agree with Romila, if we could agree and use how we, our background as Africans, the whole spirit of Ubuntu and how we tend to mentor each other 
and trans- and transfer that into our businesses and in in our workspaces that would work phenomenally but i think that women in leadership positions are really working hard to bring in uh, more younger women into their circles i've seen a growth in women's networks mm. and i think it's something that we should uh, strengthen and applaud even for men, I think what you have said, uh, I also want you to, to know that even with males, it's the same thing. They still mm. need uh, mentoring because I think the whole aspect of socialization sure. is saying that, you know, men are built for these qualities. They are born with these qualities. And we forget that men are also children. They are children. They need to be mentored. They are fresh from, uh, you know, universities or technical units. They still need to be mentored, just like we mentor women. But I think it's something that we should work into our uh, organizational culture. It's great that I'm part of this conversation because I feel like I'm male and, you know, and... in that context, I love the fact that I can speak about these things because sometimes I'm interrogating even the own perceptions that I have inside of me, uh, Vumile. And I like that Lulama brought in men into this conversation that it's important for men also to find themselves part of that uh, agenda saying, you know, if when you see the environment that you're in, whether it's in business, whether it's in your church, to say, hey, where are the women here? Where are the women leaders in this context? Because those questions have to be even asked by the males themselves, Vumil. Um, I completely agree with you. And I think even beyond asking where the woman is, are you empowering the woman in, in your own life? A good example is the life of the Black Management Forum, where I often speak, and you get there, and you're sitting with an audience of 85% of men, yeah. and we'll be discussing women's yeah. issues, yeah. and you're only having a representation of 15%. Yeah. So beyond the question of where are the women, you yourself, have you reached out to women to say, listen, let me rope you in, or actually, this is a skill I have, let me share that with you. Because men tend to do that very, very um, naturally amongst each other. We see in corporate, women go and play golf together, and they will unpack various deals. And the younger men are there and learning um, under supervision, being mentored unofficially. Whilst with women, we're tending to want to enforce a formal structure of, we must have a woman's network. We must um, have a formal form of mentorship. It's not happening organically. And I think the, the onus then comes on both the male and the female to mentor, to, to allow for organic mentorship to actually happen. Well, thank you very much for that. I think that, that also can be contentious sometimes, Vumili. And, uh, you know, because sometimes, just to wrap it up, my girlfriend was speaking to me the other day and we were just having a conversation about her getting something. And I was like, she was asking for my advice and I gave her advice. And she's like, so what do you think I should do? I'm like, no, it's up to you. And then she came back to me, but no, I want to hear what you think I should do. I'm like, no, I think you should just go ahead and do what you think is right, you know. And we had this on and off conversation. And, and I think that's important that those power dynamics and that and enabling and giving uh, each other that that a power from various uh, gender spaces that it, it's so important in today's lifestyle I, I, I completely agree but that also just shows to the dynamics of having our culture change to to accommodate women because yeah. men men tend to feel very validated in themselves we've seen stats where uh, a man sees a, a, jo- a job opportunity, he qualifies for 55% and he'll go ahead and apply. A woman will qualify for 78% and not apply yeah. says, I don't meet all the requirements. Yeah. So men inherently tend to, and I'm obviously generalizing here, yeah, yeah. men tend to have that 
organic sense of ego that will be like, ah, let me just roll the dice and let's see how it goes. Now, if it doesn't work out, it'll be fine. Mm. But women tend to be a little bit more cautious. So even in corporate and even in our day-to-day, we need to be very aware of those differences. And men, in those discussions, realize that, you know, sometimes a woman will be over, over analytical of something yeah. and might need that, that slight validation from both men and women to say, no, you're on the right track, whilst, um, whilst her male counterpart might not need that. And he'll only apologize um, after having not gotten permission. So yeah. I think those, those inherent slight differences are not to our detriment, but are actually to, to our societal advantage. And we just need to be aware of those slight differences of each other. Mm. Lulama, your final sentiments in 30 seconds. I have to wrap it up. I think one of the things that males should also have this gender sensitivity training, because patriarchy is something that we grow up with and we need to be... Un- we, there are mm. things that we need to unlearn about the roles that we have been given since uh, we were growing up. We have to unlearn um, uh, our socialization mm. and all that. And I think part of what the growth is that we have to do gender sensitivity training even for males, for males to understand why mm. it is important to bring in the 50% half the population, the other population, into the mainstream because it also benefits men to have an experience of women intellectual, mm. women's abilities into one space. And the other thing is about the organizational culture, private and business, the tone should be that this is a space where women and men can actually um, exercise and as a company and in private, we should be able to have a reasonable accommodation and know that women come with the, the equity dimension of women. Women come with their femininity and therefore we need to accommodate, reasonably accommodate them and make sure oh. that we equalize sure. Sure. The, the wage gap and the opportunity.